0: Today's gospel is from Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness— So Jesus' ministry begins at his baptism, which begins at the, at the hands, the wet hands of John the baptizer. John was a prophet in the tradition of the Hebrew scriptures. The prophets in the Hebrew scriptures were always comforting the afflicted and afflicting the comfortable prophets of the Hebrew scriptures were always speaking truth to power and not very popular with those in power. The prophets of the Hebrew scriptures were always challenging the religious establishment at the time that God's love could not be bound or blockaded or hindered. God's love included more and more and more. And prophets of the Hebrew scriptures were always saying to the religious establishment, "You think you have God boxed in, but God's bigger than that. God is bigger than your definition, and God is bigger than your rules, and more gracious than your love, your laws. Love is always greater than the law, to the prophets." Which got the prophets into trouble with the religious leadership of every age and still does. Isn't it interesting that Jesus' ministry starts, is initiated by a prophet. John, by his very location, is ticking people off in the religious establishment. They thought that all holy things should just happen in the temple, in a beautiful sanctuary. And there's John out in the mud of the river Jordan, saying, God is active right here. How do you think that went over to the religious authorities? They didn't like it. They came out to stop this madness. And in the tradition of the Hebrew prophets, John talks smack to them and calls them names. You brood of vipers. He's not making friends. (laughs) He's saying God cannot be locked up in a house of worship. And God cannot be controlled by the religious authorities in the temple in Jerusalem. And God's love is for all people, those who can afford to make sacrifices in the temple and those who cannot afford to make sacrifices in the temple. Anybody who comes into these waters in this river can have a new start and be baptized. This is where Jesus' ministry begins. And it is sending a signal to everyone who soon would be a follower of Jesus that God's love is greater than the religious authorities of any time, and God's embrace of all people is timeless. Some who are followers of Jesus have a spiritual gift of prophecy, to be a prophet. Not everybody, but some do. And throughout the last 2,000 years, some prophets have been raised up by God as followers of Jesus, to do the same thing that John was doing. To say to the religious establishment and to all of society, God's love is bigger. God's love incorporates all people and all of creation. And that usually gets prophets in trouble. And they usually end up dead. They also get sainted once they're dead because they're safe. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King is one such prophet who many in the Christian church in the West were afraid of because he was calling us to a greater accountability. And when he died, then he became a little bit more safe to embrace. And I'm very grateful that our country and our world has embraced him. I'm very grateful for our nation that has chosen Tomorrow, to mark this as a national holiday, it is important for us to keep looking at what Dr. King was pointing to as a prophet in the Christian tradition. I'm very aware this year more than ever of his book that was published in 1967, entitled, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community? He wrote it in 1967 in seclusion in a house where there were no telephones, where he sought refuge in the tradition of Jesus, in the tradition of early Christians who seeked to be in relationship with God alone. This is the day before cell phones, but there was no landline phone in the house where he was for a significant amount of time, weeks, months writing this, listening to God, saying, God, what is it you'd have us do and hear now? In his book, that was published in 1967, a year before he was assassinated, he wrote a critique, which is what prophets do. And the critique was pointing towards various people in the civil rights movement. He had a critique for black nationalists that said, don't give up on the truth and the power of nonviolence. He also said to black nationalists, don't give up on interracial coalitions. We need them. Likewise, he said to white people in the civil rights movement, don't think that because in 1964 we passed the Civil Rights Act, And don't think that because in 1965, we passed the Voters' Rights Act, that we've made it. There's more work to do if we're going to create what Dr. King referred to as the beloved community. He lifted up these two choices. What will we choose, chaos or community? Friends, as baptized people, at whatever font we were baptized at, we were baptized into community. We were baptized into a new family. And this family has values that say all people have dignity, all people are welcome. All people are created in the image of God no matter what they say, no matter what they believe, they're created in the image of God. That's some of the values that Christians have. And so, part of our spiritual DNA is to default to choose community, even in the midst of chaos. Choosing community doesn't mean there won't be chaos, there is chaos. But our call as followers of Jesus is to build community wherever we are, at every opportunity. That may be challenged at times, but it is a call from God nonetheless. Just as Dr. King called for a community of all socioeconomic backgrounds, all races, all creeds, all genders, to work together for the common good, so too are we called, for it is a call that predates Dr. King. It is the call of Jesus. This week may be an opportunity for us as people of goodwill who care for the common good of all people to build community. Tomorrow, Most people have the day off, but the hope is that it will be a day on, a day when we build community, a day when we care for our neighbors, especially those in need. Our youth are gonna be doing various things depending on their age. I know junior high youth are gonna be going up to the Presbyterian church in the township to put food together for bridges, for homeless people who will receive that food Homeless communities that live under bridges in Newark, in Irvington, in New York City. Some of the senior highs are going to meet here tomorrow morning, and they're going to, tell me where they're going. Straight and narrow addiction rehab rehab center. To be with people who are doing the hard work of healing and rehabilitation after addictions. If you look online, there are various opportunities to do good, but even if you don't do that in an organized way, I commend you to do something to build community in your context, whatever that looks like. Likewise, this week, on Inauguration Day, I encourage you to do something that will build community to do something that will convey love of neighbor and a desire to serve the common good of all people. Likewise, on Saturday, the Women's March on Washington, which will take place in a hundred other locations as well, is an opportunity for some of you I know who are going to that March to build community in little ways. But we don't have to go to Washington to build that community. Wherever we are on Saturday, our nation is going to be processing what does it mean to hold on to the values that all women and girls have dignity, How can we build community where we are? In a few moments, we'll be invited to come to the baptismal font and touch the waters of baptism. That may be an important reminder for us to remember that we've been baptized into community and baptized into a ministry of building community wherever we are. You will be hearing the words that say, remember your baptism and be thankful, or maybe the words will be, remember that you're the beloved of God, which is an identity we need to hang on to if we're going to be in the flow of God's love. You'll be invited to come as you wish down the center aisle if you wish to be anointed. I brought some holy oil that has been used. You'll have to trust me on this. I'll tell you the story at some other time. This oil has been used for 1,700 years to anoint people for ministry. And every time I buy a new bottle of oil from Cokesbury or wherever I Pour a little of the original oil in to cut it to make us connected to the early Christians. If you wish to kneel at the chancel rail, I will come by and anoint your forehead with oil and the sign of the cross in the tradition of the early church. And you can pray as long as you wish. I will get to you. As you are waiting to come, I would encourage you to pray for the people. We're coming. You may know their names, you may not, but pray for them. That God would bless people as we touch these waters. That God would bless people as they are being anointed for ministry. We are on holy ground. May God bless us. Amen. Amen.